Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Objection, Your Honor. Prosecution is leading the witness. Sustained. Bruce, tell me what happened next. The first two died a lot quieter than the last one did. Why was that, Bruce? Less blood in his mouth to choke on. Can you explain further? I didn't cut out his tongue. What did you do? I cut it off. What did you cut off, Bruce? You know, the part that gets all men in trouble. What part is that, Bruce? You get into trouble a lot, you should know. Excuse me? Southampton. Last summer, you know. Why did you do it? What does it matter? It had to be done. Because of what they did to you? Objection, Your Honor. Prosecution is leading the witness. Sustained. You don't have to answer that, son. Because of what they did to all of us. The jury will disregard the accused's last response. Were there others who were abused by the men you described? Yes. When you say that it had to be done, is that because of others who were abused or someone else? Yes. Who, Bruce? Who? Who is it, Bruce? Bruce! Not Bruce. Who am I speaking to? I am the misery that you've all forgotten. Bruce? No, 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 no. You have to stop it. It's it's going to take me. Who's taking you, Bruce? <laughs> it's making me disappear. Who, Bruce? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Your Honor! I, I didn't do this! It's, it's controlling me! Help me! Help me! Haunting fragments of the trial of Bruce Russo, a young man who seemingly stood up to years of physical and sexual violence in a brutal wave of mutilation. When that wave subsided and the bodies of the three Wall Street bankers remained in the bloody wake, Bruce's eventual conviction led to his incarceration at Fillmore and interactions with Dr. Darlene Harrington, a place where Bruce would do anything but heal. This is Lifting the Rug, a production of RFE Radio, where we explore hidden secrets, unsolved mysteries, and shine a light for justice. I'm Samantha Williams, and together, let's venture back into the gloom. Episode 5, If You Have Ghosts.
Wow. That was an intense day. Do you remember it well? It's weird. Some days it's like I struggled to even remember the Cliff's Notes version of the trial. Other days, I can almost recite every single word from that court transcript. It was as though my mind went through a blender. At this point, I should probably introduce you. <laughs> I'm talking to Andrew Stidham. Andrew was a Queens County public defender for 25 years before settling into a private practice of his own in White Plains, New York. Andrew represented Bruce Russo in the trial that led to his confinement at the Fillmore facility. That's, um, that's correct. There's a moment on that tape where Bruce got under the skin of the district attorney. It seemed like he had rattled him. Oh, most definitely. I mean, that specific incident in the court was peculiar. I knew Raymond pretty well. He was the district attorney in Queens County for 30 years at that point. After the trial, he spiraled down into an abyss. It turns out he was caught having an affair with a teenage boy out in the Hamptons. No charges were ever filed, but the media had a field day with it, and he was forced to resign from his position. About seven months later, he committed suicide in his garage. This case had an effect on you too, didn't it? Could you tell me what happened? Quite frankly, I wish I had never taken on the case. That young man had a way of getting under everyone's skin with some of the stuff he said. It was like he knew things that he wasn't supposed to know, things that he couldn't know, like what happened between Raymond and that other boy. It's almost as if he was under the influence of something. Like drugs? No. I've dealt with plenty of cases that involved bad decisions and drugs. This was something much different. Something else entirely. I, uh... I don't know. But what I do know is that case was the first and last time I ever defended someone like that. After that, I just couldn't, uh... I left that type of law. And built a career in the more calmer waters of real estate law. Well, sometimes that can get a bit heated too. (laughs) But yes, it may not have all the action and chaos of being a defense attorney, but at least I still have my soul. The jaded defense attorney, the psychopathic evil teenager, we've seen this movie before. It's a cliche. It's a meme. In his 1976 book, The Selfish Gene, evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins coined the term meme, which means to imitate. We are familiar with the internet variety and probably shared some, but in his broader definition, it can be an idea, skill, behavior, a phrase, or even fashion. It's a theoretical concept that is not without controversy. Some scholars interpret memes as being inherently harmful. Parasites, or viruses of the mind, once assimilated into the human brain, their chief purpose becomes their own replication, with humans having little or no control over them. 
Memes can be a convenient shorthand, but as they mutate and change, we can see the same thing, but the change in context and background make us see different things. Prejudice, views on race, a desire to have our beliefs reinforced. We see this online every day. It obscures the truth. I think about my own prejudice against Dr. Harrington specifically. I think I have her pegged all wrong. Maybe Dr. Harrington was just trying to swim against the tide of a system represented by Dr. Lasher that was letting these kids down. After all, one of the most destructive, violent, and callous forces known to man is the monster known as bureaucracy. The following is taken from a random tape of Dr. Harrington's collection. Although I don't have a timestamp, it's most likely a few days after the incident with Kiar. Oh, you care? I'm the only one in here with you right now, aren't I? Tell me about the dreams. I'm in this place. It's like a cathedral or chapel. And everything goes black. Like sleep? No, it's like the darkness is bleeding all over the walls. I think that's where it hides. Well, I want to find it with you. Help me find it so I can help you fight it. Why? Because I believe you. Stop playing games with me. You're being just like the others. You know where it is. I can tell by the look in your eyes you've seen the cathedral. Do you mean the chapel here at Fillmore? It's not a real place. I mean, it's a real place, but it's different for different... You know what I'm talking... You've seen it. I can see it in your eyes. I thought you were different. I thought you were like us. Alicia, what are you talking about? Get away from me. Get out. You can't help me. You're sick too. You're a goddamn drunk. I can smell it on you, you bitch. And it's got you too. It'll kill us all one by one. Get out. Get out. Come on, Dr. Harrington, you should leave. Alicia needs her rounds now anyway. That's right, off you go. Good little lemming. Alicia. Get out! Get out, get out, get out! What the hell? You're nothing. I hate you, get out, you fucking bitch! From the tape, in conversations after, it seems that Alicia was confined after Kiara's death. What I had discovered was that Alicia shared a room with Kiara the night that she died. What is even more peculiar is that I have evidence that suggests Kiara suffered a violent night terror before she passed. One in which she mentioned being suffocated and bled dry by a monster. My research has seen a setback. I cannot say that that was unexpected. Given uh, the increased dosage, uncertainty was always going to be a factor. My God, she did it. She got them to open the door, and one finally connected. Not the way we would have preferred, but it worked. We have a witness account to corroborate events 
though her statements are elusive. We just have to keep focused on the goal, focused on the patience. The gates of heaven will open to them and to others like them. I know it. Frigid Lake Superior, a fabricated creature birthed from the mind of a disturbed genius stalks the very people who created it. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler is a classic tale of science gone horribly wrong. Available wherever you get your podcasts. With Kiara dead and Alicia remanded to solitary confinement, the Fillmore Four were now down to two, Bruce and Roland. What's troubling you, Bruce? I'm really not in the mood for your psych talk while Alicia's locked up like a damn gorilla in the zoo. I have a surprise for you, fellas. Hey, guys. Hey, Alicia! How are you? How are you? That's the best you came up with. Did you agonize over writing that one all day? Maybe you can write it in a card, spray it with perfume, and send it to me. Eat a dick. But you ate them all already. (laughs) (laughs) Missed you. Ditto, shithead. Roland, still nuts? Yes. That's my guy. So what's up? You guys seem different. Mm, We're totally still cheeking our meds. That sounds painful. Facial cheeks, you perv. So I'm guessing Dr. Shithead hasn't found out yet? What Dr. Shithead doesn't know can't hurt him. Well done, Doc. Maybe there's hope for you after all. They shoved that shit down my throat in the quiet room. I... I can't wait to not miss that poison. And so, upon Alicia's reintegration into Ward 9... She began to cheek her meds again. Group therapy sessions were three days a week, 60 minutes a session, always in the morning when they were expected to take their meds. The next tape is from another session that took place two weeks later. I'll open this up to whomever wants to start us off today. Anyone? No volunteers? How do you feel, Bruce? Razor, Doc. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because I'm not straight? I don't know. Razor? Who are you, Bruce Springsteen or something? Only boss I work for is myself. Springsteen sucks. Your mother sucks. I love Springsteen and I was just fucking with you. You love Springsteen? Why can't I love Springsteen? Because I'm black? You're twisting my words around, you turd. You're, You're lucky I love you. I love you too. You got me, though. I don't like Springsteen. You're the only Bruce I love. Aw, thanks. Of course, you're the only Bruce I know. Didn't think people named their kids Bruce anymore. Well, I'm like an endangered species, then. Bruce, I'm glad you're feeling Razor. How are you feeling, Roland? Feeling 
Good. Good, Roland. Thank you for sharing. What feels different? Less sleepy. Yeah. I feel decent. Better than I was feeling. I... Ah! The fuck was that? The window just closed on its own. Gloom. Everybody, refocus. Ignore it. Come on, don't pay any attention to it. I'd like to participate in this discussion, but this fucking thing won't quit. You shut the fuck up already and fuck off already. We're not afraid of you anymore. Did you just see that? It threw a fucking... Many of the tapes ended abruptly like that. Not all were as eventful as that one, but some were. Afternoons at Fillmore involved recreational activities, perfunctory educational classes, and one-on-one therapy sessions. How do you feel, Bruce? So much better now. The medication always made my stomach hurt. I also feel like I can focus now. First time in forever, I can't remember the last time I was able to do that. What's wrong? I'm just really worried that somebody's going to come along and mess all this up. Nobody can mess up the progress that you've made, Bruce. You're doing great. I'm probably never going to be allowed to leave this place. That's not true. Doc, you know what I did. People aren't going to forget. Knock it off. Excuse me? No, no, nothing, nothing. I'm fine. I just, I had a sharp pain in my leg. Self-talk. Okay. Well. You're not there. You're not allowed to be there. You're nothing. Bruce. You're nothing. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. There were moments in the tapes where you could see a marked improvement in the dispositions of all of the teens. But that was all vaguely surface. The kids were still suffering, especially Bruce. And then... Max! Stop him! Stop! Bruce! Relax! Stay away! Stay away from me! Stay away! Code M... By the boys' showers. It's here. By the mother. It's here. Right. Oh, God. Oh, God. Please stop. Don't kill it. Don't kill Samantha. Hey, Mark. I got your email. Sounds kind of weird, but I think I can help you out. You can do it for me? No. (laughs) No. But there is a guy we work with. He's a freelancer. Does a lot of stuff for our programs. I'll text you his contact info. I told him you'd be calling. Okay. What's up? What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. Just haven't been getting out much, that's all. Just a little tired. Hey, (laughs) probably for the best, right? Let's hope so. Right on. On that other matter about Johnny's email, I looked through my messages a few times over, but I didn't get anything from Johnny Higgins. 
I asked around a couple of the others. They hadn't seen anything either. Maybe he was just, I don't know, exaggerating or something? Or maybe you all deleted it. Yeah, maybe. And Sam? Yeah? I'm looking forward to what you uncover during this process. Me too. There have been strange sounds surfacing on all of the tapes since I began my investigation. With the help of my producer, Mark, I was led to Sterling Studios in Brooklyn to meet with experienced sound engineer, Tom Colello. So, what are you doing exactly? Uh, looking for hidden messages. Seriously? Well, half. I'm a huge metalhead, big fan of backmasking. That's usually the most obvious thing to look for when people are fucking around with tapes. What's backmasking? Well, you know, hidden messages on audio recordings that you can only hear playing backwards at a specific BPM. I always thought that was an urban legend. No, 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 not at all. All the greats did it. Maiden, Priest, Motorhead. Hell, even non-metal artists did it. Moby took a film score and did it in porcelain. Oh, you know that rumor about Paul McCartney? How he may have died in 1966 and was replaced by a lookalike? <laughs> no, I never heard that. See, they say it was a car crash. The other Beatles didn't want the gravy train to stop rolling, so they covered it up. That can't be true. Yeah, that's what most people thought. Until they started playing Beatles records backwards, they heard all sorts of messages in the lyrics that confirmed their theory. Paul is dead. Maybe they just heard what they wanted to hear. I don't know. You'd have to ask Paul McCartney. Or his lookalike. What the hell was that? Oh, you're right. Sometimes you just gotta hear what you're looking for. When you're tuned in, you can hear anything. But now hold on now. Now I think there is something. Yeah, j- hold on just a sec. Ah, here we go. Ooh. Okay, um, want to show me the footage that corresponds to? I showed Tom closed circuit security footage from Fillmore that matched a live recording Dr. Harrington had on her tape recorder on November 11th, 1993. After having an episode while brushing his teeth in the boys' laboratory, Bruce eloped from Ward 9. Max Wade, the orderly, followed Bruce to an abandoned section of Fillmore where he engaged in skip. Strategic crisis intervention protocol. As a result, Max suffered severe lacerations and a concussion, and Bruce mysteriously plunged to his death, falling down an elevator shaft. God damn. This video footage is tragic. Poor fucking kid. Dr. Harrington had intercepted the two and was now in the habit of recording most of the conversations with her patients. I guess the doc and I have a lot in common. Oh, you see that? I can use that mop hitting the wall to link the audio, I reckon. Now that woman, is she... Yeah, that's Dr. Harrington. Bruce the psychologist. Ah, okay, hang on. Yep, here we go. All right, ready? Check it out. Max? Stop him. Stop. 
Ooh, definitely something there. It's impossible. It's here. Yeah, we'll find it. Max? Stop him! Holy shit, did you just... Did you just hear that? Oh, fuck yeah. It said my name. I hadn't heard from Johnny in... God knows. The longer I left it, I knew that if I didn't come back with something, something more than what he knew, I would lose him. Yo. Johnny, it's me. I know. You remember what we talked about last time, right? Yes, I do. And I've got something for you. I had a handful of tapes analyzed. There are strange things imprinted on them. Recordings, voices that... Well, it's unusual, to say the least. So you finally heard them. Johnny, as impossible as it sounds, I feel like these tapes are alive. Like, I know I may sound crazy, but... I heard something say my name on the audio track of a recording from 1993. What'd you do differently this time? I got someone to play the tapes backwards for me. Hmm. That's what I figured. Hang on. What? You said you played it to someone else. Good. Good. Listen, Johnny, I'm starting to have a shift in my thinking in this case about Darlene Harrington. Go on. Perhaps she's not as bad as I first thought she was. There's much more going on in this story. That's because it ain't a story. This is all real. But I hate to burst your bubble, kid. Your original gut vibe was correct. That Harrington lady was terrible. Not only to Alicia, but to the others. The way that Bruce kid died was all her fault. She literally triggered a psychotic episode in him. And both them kids autopsies. In the toxicology, they found those kids had no traces of their meds in their systems. She took them off without recording it or charting it anywhere. That's as good as being an accomplice to murder, as far as I'm concerned. No? I just feel like we're always hitting a brick wall when we talk. That's because you're fighting yourself from seeing. But don't worry. You're making progress. Keep at it. You're starting to see it now. Look, I may have something for you in a little while. I'll share it when I'm sure, though. I gotta go. Johnny, no, wait. I... God damn it. I developed a pretty bad migraine, so I went for a walk in Forest Park. I've been gone for about an hour. I just returned. My apartment has been ransacked. Everything's been dumped on the floor, smashed and torn open. What the fuck were they looking for? I don't know if I should leave or call the cops or lock myself in. I, I can't explain this, but I feel... I feel like someone or something is after me. A no caller. At 3 a.m. I'm gonna fucking answer.
You've been listening to The Gloom, a production of Violet Hour Media, produced and directed by Frank Merle. Written by Peter Winsutsky and Michael Asa. Music by Talib Peshkapia. Sound design by John Zowski. Mixed and mastered by Jean-Marc Preset. Executive produced by Cassie Josephoff. Lynette Tashel is the voice of Samantha. Charles Riffenberg is Mark. Michael Clark is Johnny. Carrie Weeder is Darlene. And Tobin Bell is Dr. Lasher. The Fillmore Four are Hunter Johnson, Veronica Johnson, Angeline Labrie, and Spencer Ortega. Additional voices by James Cowan, Galen Howard, Jake Kaufman, Aaron Killeen, Keith Corneluk, Danielle Today, and Eileen Dietz as Dr. Glassman. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.